his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Okay, as the only politician here, I know the drill. Mitch Nowakowski, N-O-W-A-K-O-W-S-K-I, Fillmore District Council member. I'm also an uh, open gay man that is serving on the Buffalo Common Council, and this is my community, the LGBTQ community. We're here today in response to the attendance of Michael, to- Michael Knows at U- the University at Buffalo. And when I've been talking to a lot of folks in the community about what this means, I've heard a lot of reactions. The reactions of free speech, the reactions to his ability to participate on the public campus, and I just want to tell folks that multiple things can be true at the same time. We can understand that his ability to come here and to speak publicly and his uh, freedom of speech, but we can also talk about the rampant hate speech that happens throughout our community and is now spreading like wildfire due to social media and to, uh, to, to misinformation and to also taking LGBTQ people, especially transgender people, and make them political punching bags in the public square. So when we ultimately are throwing these punches back and forth of these culture wars, people are, trans people specifically, are more prone to violence. 2022 was the deadliest recording year of transgender people in the United States. I wanna repeat that again. 2022 was the deadliest year to transgender community due to violence and to murder. So we need to talk about where does this hate come from? Where does it proliferate and how does it come into the public square? It comes to the public square by these authors that are given platforms to spread hate, misinformation, and to make uh, LGBTQ and marginalized people a political punching bag and to feed red meat to people that listen to this. So as we go back and forth and we talk about what happens at a public campus, I want people to put themselves in the shoes when they're looking at this issue as the trans student that is paying to be at UB and to be a student to allow someone to be at their campus to then tell them that their, uh, that their existence should be eradicated. That's insane. No one deserves to be able to go to school and to be, a, be able to be a target for violence or for hate speech that oftentimes uh, now is becoming farther into the lexicon and the vocabulary of everyday Americans. We need to allow dialogue, we need to allow discourse, but you don't get to have discourse over someone's humanity. That's not how that works. Someone's very existence to breathe, live, and to be safe and to go to school. And why it's important for the Pride Center to come here and to uplift the voices of everyone here is we can't allow Michael Knowles' uh, voice to be the only one in the public square. 
our voices need to be in the public square. UB students that are trans and LGBTQ need to know that our voices matter and that we're here. And that while he attends UB or goes to functions or you see him on social media, that you have a community that has your back and that has programming and support for you. So I'd like to turn this over to Kelly Craig, the executive director of the Pride Center. Thank you, Mitch. My name is Kelly Craig. I am the executive director of the Pride Center of Western New York, and we are an affiliate of Evergreen Health. My pronouns are she and her. And these are some of the amazing staff who work here at the Pride Center on a day-to-day -day basis to carry out our mission, vision, and values. On behalf of the Pride Center, I'd like to welcome you all to our home. This is our home in downtown Buffalo. We are here today to stand firm in solidarity and to recognize that all people are human and created equal, regardless of their gender or sexuality. The Young American for Freedom student chapter at the U University of Buffalo is hosting an event tomorrow, Thursday, March 9th, with political commentator, author, and media host, Michael Knowles. Mr. Knowles recently stated that transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. You may be wondering, what does eradicate mean? We, er we articulate and interpret it as erasing from any forms of life. Calling for the eradication of transgenderism is like calling for the end of an ideology. It's the direct call for eradication of transgender people who are fundamentally trans. It's not a choice or a belief system. And truly, even if it was, it would still be hateful to call on the full-scale eradication of any belief system. As a woman of color, a woman of faith, and a woman of trans experience, I'm sure I truly speak for all of my trans brothers and sisters and our LGBTQIA and marginalized communities when I say how hurtful and threat-provoking this is. On behalf of the Pride Center of Western New York, Evergreen Health, and Community Access Services, we officially denounce Mr. Knoll's words. <laughs> Today, we challenge all of our allies to change this narrative and the mindset as we come together as one human race to denounce this hurtful and harmful way of thinking. Change starts with all of our communities who are willing to listen and learn from diverse people, such as all of us in the room, groups and organizations. My trans brothers and sisters, especially our young people, I call them our young babies, our young future, please know, especially during these trying times, you are loved, you are valued, and you have the right to live, work, play, worship in your full truth. And at the Pride Center, we are here for you to do that. Lastly, the Pride Center is a place that we hope community members feel safe and capable of thriving every single day of their life. Thank you. As we talk about uh, trans and TGNC uh, makeup of who we serve. I'm going to bring our new Director of Health Education and Outreach and our new Trans Youth Coordinator who oversees all of our trans youth and TGNC programming here at the Pride Center.
Hello, my name is Antoine Holmes. I'm the Director of Health Education Outreach at the Pride Center. My name is Shatir Douglas. I am the Trans Youth Coordinator here at the Pride Center. My pronouns are he and him. Yes, and my pronouns are he, him as well. Um, here at the Pride Center, what I do is I oversee three programs, including our YMSM, which is for young men who have sex with men, THI, which is our Trans Health Initiative, and our Trans Youth Program, which T over here coordinates. Um, just taking a step back and thinking about the topic to today and the temperature in the room, we just want to bring it back to um, that focus on transgender people and um, non-binary and um, non-conforming, simply because with the trans youth program, we um, have program therapeutic programming for ages five through 17, because we're really trying to bring the focus back to youth and families. Understanding that the children are our future, as Kelly said, and the messages that are plastered across, the so plastered across social media today, it's very harmful and it's disheartening for those who see themselves doing something big in the future. Um, Etty, you wanna speak a little bit more about what that program really looks like? So um, we have drop-in services for trans youth um, from the ages of five to 17. Um, it's really a place where you can come and just be yourself. You can hang out, you can visit our community closet. Um, you can enjoy yourself with children and youth that are like you without being judged and you're open to just be yourself. Um, so we definitely want to invite anybody who wants to come down to our drop-in center to come in, be their self, and just have fun with us um, because we have a lot of great programming from art programs to um, just any type of, we, we really just let the kids uh, dictate a lot of times what they want to see and what they feel comfortable doing. And that's really how we base what we uh, structure our programs about. But it's really just a place for you to come, hang out, be yourself, and have a good time. And again, keep it in mind that the foundation of the program, the overall goal is to create a safe and celebratory space for TGNB youth and families. We really want to take a moment to think about how that makes the families feel as well, because parents and caregivers are also a part of this journey, and they're the ones who are providing that assistance and guidance to those who are going through this um, very complex journey in their lives, as we talk about today with this situation um, going on right now with Michael Knowles. So again, this is why this is important, the work that we do. Not only the Trans Youth Program, but also the Trans Health Initiative for those who are adults um, of trans experience. So again, we just keep pushing and we keep striving, and we thank you for all the support that we get here at the Pride Center. Hello, I am Ari Moore, West New York's um, transgendered griot. That's a person that is uh, similar to a historian of a community. Once again, uh, I have to make it real for a lot of people out there. Uh, how much more trauma and sorrow and people coming from the outside to do damage and harm to our community. Myself, as a person of color, understand that all too well. I've lost personal friends at the events of Jefferson. I've lost personal friends in this community through violence, and 
unspeakable things being done to them. They, I have to watch my words. <laughs> uh, when someone comes, as Buffalonians, we know what our issues and our problems are, our shortcomings. And we try our best to deal with them. But we are a city, we are a community. We are Buffalo. And when someone comes spouting rhetoric such as this, there are those who know all too well when good people do not speak up against something like this, who will be next? Who will be next in line? So, uh, yes, the issue of free speech is out there. You can have your free speech, sir. But those that invited him within our community, be aware that the next, from, the, from this issue, the next trans person who falls upon harm, falls upon murder, or falls upon suicide. Because these words cause that real trauma also. Be aware of the words that you use, the words that you speak, because they have power and they have evidence of what is to come. I am a bit full right now, but yes, that's, that's uh, um, what I have to say. But as Buffalo, I know we all will pull together. And we have to make this a learning experience for all of us and everyone out there. Okay, keep having those conversations. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, my name is Jack Cavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm the executive director of GLIS of Western New York. For the past 40 years, GLIS has served the LGBTQ youth of our community, um, and increasingly, those young people are coming to us asking questions about gender identity, asking us questions about how they are able to process and work through their own journey uh, in a community that um, doesn't always seem to value them. And as with anything hateful, as with anything evil that we have to face, the people who pay the price are always the most vulnerable. Unfortunately, uh, in our community, that means our transgender friends, family, neighbors, and loved ones, particularly um, those of color and particularly our youth. Just a few days ago, uh, last week, the Trevor Project released their latest survey specifically about suicide and mental health rates among transgender and gender nonconforming youth of color. And uh, when I tell you that was a, it was a dark read, um, I really mean it. These are not abstract notions of words and concepts of philosophy and disagreements of um, opinion. Uh, these are people's lives, and uh, as my friend Ari mentioned, uh, that is a very, very real risk that we're talking about here. This isn't conjecture. This isn't 
um, us thinking about what might happen. This is about what's happening right now, and it is documented every day. Unfortunately, for so many of uh, our transgender young people in our community, again, particularly those of color, they do not have spaces that they can call safe. They don't have schools or home environments that they can feel safe. And what we know is that consistently not having access to those spaces increases the rates of suicide and violence every day. I'm appreciative of the people around me uh, who do this work every day. Uh, I'm lucky to be able to call them colleagues and friends. Uh, we work very closely with the Pride Center. We offer similar programming around creating spaces that are important uh, to be safe, to be affirming, and to be um, welcoming. But we also know that when we're serving young people of any marginalized background, it's not enough to give them a gas mask in a toxic world. It's not enough to hand them um, you know, a mask and say, hey, we understand that the air around you is toxic, but you know, just put this mask on and you'll be fine until you're in my building next. And so what's critical for all of us here is to make sure we're taking those steps to cleanse the air with our young people, with the community, to build a future for them that is not toxic and polluted. If we're not doing that, then a hate speech like this will just continue to get pushed around, will continue to get pushed to the forefront because we're not able to stand up against it as much as we would like. I encourage you to, uh, if you are dealing with any sort of stress or anxiety or trauma traumatization around any of this, please reach out to our friends at the Pride Center or to us as well. Our website is glyswny.org. Um, I, I can't recommend enough just, just how important it is to have that community. Um, again, whether it's with um, our friends here with T and Antoine or with myself and our staff, um, it's just important to be connected. Um, and that's what keeps people alive. So I'm appreciative to be in community with everyone here and I am disappointed and frustrated to have to do it under these circumstances. But thank you. I want to thank everybody here and I just want to just reiterate and in closing the statements that as a city official, I understand that Mr. Knowles will be in the city of Buffalo and can speak and, and, and say his views, and I'm not going to allow him to come into this community and eradicate trans voices. That's why we're here, to uplift trans voices in the city of Buffalo, to make sure that they get their voice and their due. And when he has hate speech that is trying to make trans people feel lonely, we're here today to, to show that there are spaces for them not to be lonely and that their voices need to be uplifted too. And um, I'll open up questions to the media for anybody here at the Pride Center, and, and we'll go from there if you do. Do you think UB would allow this if, they were, if it was hate speech about another marginalized group? Absolutely not. You might just have a yeah. Um, I speak, as, again, as a woman of trans experience um, with a lot of emotion, um, but I'd say absolutely not. Just absolutely not. I would just add quickly, I'll add myself as well as a, from my own experience as a Jewish person and seeing how much uh, anti-Semitism we're seeing on the rise as well now, mm -hmm. I feel I can confidently say no, mm -hmm. that they would not allow this if this person was openly calling for the eradication of Judaism, for example. And we know that that's true, and we know that that's what would happen. Um, and it's uh, terribly frustrating to see that. While you're up there about suicide rates, sure. is it, are you seeing it in college-age kids? I mean, that might be when they're out of the home and starting to open up. Yeah. This is maybe their most Sure, that's a good question. So a lot of the data that we use is particularly from the Trevor Project that does mostly survey young people under 18. Um, we'd have to look at some of the other data as well that's out there, but I can say, you know, anecdotally from our experience working with young people that um, 
you know, it, it's, it's consistent. It's consistent across different areas of their lives. Uh, for a lot of folks, they might not come out and might not um, be starting their journey until they're out of the home um, because they don't know that it's a safe place. They don't want to lose their home. They don't want to end up homeless. Um, and so they keep themselves locked away until they're at an environment where they can. Um, I do know that there are, um, at a lot of higher uh, institutions of higher education, there are significant rates of um, uh, like dropouts and attrition for LGBTQ students as a whole, as well as students of color. And I think there's any number of reasons for that. Um, and I know that, again, study after study that we see, particularly mental health, is that it continues to be poor well into adulthood for LGBTQ plus young, uh, for people in general. Um, and so, I, you know, uh, yes. It certainly persists into adulthood. Should college campuses be considered one of your safe spaces? Uh, you know, I think that it's it's interesting to think about in terms of you know we want to have those affinity spaces for people to be able to come in and be in community with other people. Um, in a college environment, especially when it's as big as UB, um, you know, there's never a guarantee of safety anywhere. Uh, but it's important for UB to be able to stand up and say when it's so brazen and out there that's a calling for violence against a group of people to say no but also to encourage and support the creation of clubs, student groups, affinity groups within their universities to support these students. Um, they don't have to do it all themselves from an administration level, but they can offer the support to students to self-organize, give them the funding um, to be able to do that and uh, really support those student groups uh, because they do exist. There's medical school LGBTQ student groups, there's law school, there's undergrad, they do exist. Um, you know, many of us were part of those in college and uh, that makes a big difference. feels as though their university, where they're paying to go there, they're there every day, some of them live on campus, um, is bringing this person on and allowing them to, to have this hate speech. I, I'm sure that has to feel frightening for them, frustrating. Um, you know, what message might you have for them? Whoever wants to answer. <laughs> I would say there's, there's 20 of us right here who would uh, welcome you, yes. you know, and I, I can't say you're wrong, but, you know, we're here. Yeah. Uh, sure. All right. Hello. Um, my name is M. Bystrak. Um, my pronouns are they, them. Um, B-Y-S-T-R-A-K-E-M is the name. Um, I am Pride's Engagement Education Manager, so I go into um, schools, uh, medical institutions, um, nonprofits, private businesses um, that are looking to serve their LGBT um, clients and patients and community members a little bit better um, to just give some education around a group that I feel like a lot of folks probably just genuinely do not know about and so there's a lot of fear. Um, so I would say um, encourage somebody from Pride um, or somebody from GLIS to come in and talk to your campus and educate them as to why um, you know this is more than just a difference in opinions this is this is hateful and dangerous for your students. Um, sorry, I hope that's okay. <laughs> and since we have every uh, camera here in town, we can really get our message out. I say, I tell UB, why don't we balance the argument? Why don't we ba balance the dialogue and invite somebody from Pride Center or have a speaker on trans rights or trans experience come and balance the, the voices on UB's campus? I think that that's a great way to do it and not allow him to just be able to speak. Something was to happen in Buffalo as a result of this? 
we're at a we're at a time where that that this happens. I mean, where we have hate speech that translates to violence instantaneously. So I don't want to throw liability out there that that easily, but we do need to be really conscious of the times that we're living in and the volatility that's out there. I mean, I think anybody here in this room can talk that arguably from 2016 to now, we're sensing a lot of volatility and people are talking to each other and degrading people freely, openly on social media. And it's it's coming into the culture of who we are as people. But that's why we need to uplift voices to fight against those, those words um, and to make sure that it's not ingrained in everyday society and that we're not empowering people to be violent towards any group, let alone marginalized groups um, that are just trying out to, to live out here and trying to exist. So. I think that, that when we have an argument here, and, and I have a close friend that, that really uh, brought you know, to a good light in the sense of that we do have free speech and we don't want to give him more notoriety than he is, but in my view, we also have to counteract his notoriety and we also have to have voices that match that because oftentimes we do live in a world that everything's by a soundbite or an Instagram clip or a TikTok or, or, or tweeted and we just can't have that content uh, polluting the airwaves or social media, and we need to have our voices lifted up and also counteracting that argument. So if someone that is on UB's campus and they're feeling alone and they're feeling afraid, they just came out or they're coming, they're deciding to come out, that they have a whole community here to back them up and that they're not alone, not on the college campus or in life. Just to be clear, Councilman, are you calling for UB to cancel this or are you, is today just about to make sure the two employees? Yeah, it's about trans voices heard. And, you know, I also, you know, really thought on the way here is also challenging UB to welcome everybody here and also to encourage and even, you know, have a club sponsor, a well-known, if, if they can get someone well-known to speak and, and talk about anti-transgender, then they can welcome somebody that's well-known to speak about transgender rights. It's a public institution and everybody belongs there. Is that because it does not seem as though UB is willing to cancel? So if they're not going to cancel, the best next thing would be to yeah, I think that it's balancing the argument. They have a ton of resources and they have clubs that welcome people onto their campus. And I think the way that you, that you can, that the way that UB can kind of counteract this or make this right, if there is a way to make it right, I don't think that there is a way to make it right, but the only way that you can do this is by amplifying voices on the other side to make sure that every kid on the college campus has viewpoints um, that, they, that they can be able to, to draw from and, and grow from because that's really what this is all about. I mean, when you're talking about a college campus, we're talking about some of the youngest people in our society coming there for education, um, who's, it's their first time living uh, outside of their home so that they're very susceptible to new ideas. Um, so I think that UB really needs to do a full core press and balancing that argument and bringing in trans uh, people to amplify the voices of them and all the trans students uh, on their campus. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.